Three weeks ago, I, I drove back to be with Mom and Laura and David from the Midwest. Probably the hundredth time I've driven home since leaving for college. But it was the first time I'd driven in almost 20 years because since moving to St. Louis, I'd always flown with my family. And it sound, felt like an arduous drive that morning, but in the end, it was really a gift. It was a beautiful, cold winter day, and it uh, provided that rare, quiet time uh, we don't often have. Uh, and I was able to move past the last few months and uh, think about the fond memories and uh, what impact Mom had had on all of our lives. Uh, closer I got to the Smokies, uh, the more the memories of roller skating birthday parties, uh, bowling birthday parties, Sunday night burgers and steaks after golf, homemade cinnamon toast for breakfast, brown bag lunches for school with L, M, and D on each bag so we wouldn't choose the wrong lunch, cheers of let's go Rams at my soccer games, at David's JV football games, at Laura's uh, with Laura and her cheerleading friends at basketball games, uh, her family reunion in upstate New York, Myrtle Beach summer vacations with more solar cane than sunscreen, uh, and of course holidays with our extended family and so many traditions that mom showed us that we've all continued in our own way with our own families. Um, it was not always milk and cookies for us uh, as David and I, more than Laura, I'm sure, also came to know the fearsome forefinger, which usually kept us in line as kids and became an amusing way of imitation and flattery and storytelling later on. In college and med school, it was her frequent phone calls to just check in, make sure I was sleeping enough, eating enough, changing my bed sheets at least once a month, <laughs> and the occasional care package with cookies, a note, and sometimes detergent for those bed sheets. The comfort of coming home on long weekends, fall or Christmas breaks for uh, our favorite food, plenty of sleep, and a clean bed. But until I became a parent, uh, I couldn't really understand the joys and the fears of raising a child. <sighs> or the sacrifices and all the work. Uh, even now in my own house, like many families I know, I don't think most dads truly know this as well as the moms. So, <clears throat> two quick stories to share about this. And I had to Google this. November 17, 1981. Luke and Laura on the daytime drama, General Hospital. That's the wedding. Mom's favorite TV show, the only show that we could watch in the first hour after getting home from school. But unfortunately, that was also the day that 16-year-old me didn't notice the empty gas needle on my car and ran out of gas as soon as I pulled out of school. If I could have FaceTimed her at that time, I'm sure I would have seen the forefinger. But within 15 minutes, there was mom, having excused herself from the other 30 million people watching that decades-defining episode to come pick me up on that cold afternoon. For you grandkids here who may not understand that, imagine life without cable reruns, DVRs, Netflix, or YouTube. If you didn't see it the first time, you didn't see it. Fast forward to summer 2000, uh, Cheryl and I are both finishing our residencies in Charlottesville late on a Friday afternoon. There's a moving truck heading to St. Louis uh, with the life possessions of Cheryl and I to our apartment uh, to be unloaded at 8 o'clock the next morning. 
Mom and Margaret McKeel had flown one way to Charlottesville to drive my car to St. Louis to save me the shifting charge or the night, all-night drive on a resident's severe sleep deprivation. I got to sleep that night, and we flew in the next morning to St. Louis, and by the time Cheryl and I got to the apartment, here's Mom, 63 years old, on the cusp of her golden years, having driven 10 hours the day before, on her knees scrubbing the bathroom floor and toilet in my apartment. She was truly happy. and enjoyed helping her 35-year-old oldest son get settled into his first real job and apartment. But the true joy of her golden years uh, were the 10 grandkids we were all blessed to have. She lived with her bag packed and her car gassed every time the delivery was imminent. She marveled at their accomplishments and individual personalities. And she was truly as thrilled and as excited with the 10th grandchild as she was with the first nine. Judy became Juju, and the joy of grandparenting was never bogged down by the work and the sacrifice she put towards raising her own children. I can't step down uh, from here today without acknowledging where we are this morning and all of you that are here. Her friends, several of whom have passed, her sister Anne, Deerfield, this church and its community and its music were dear to mom, and she leaned on all of you through the years, and she loved you all very much. This church has a very special place in our family, and the pillow here uh, that Mom knitted was really one of her most cherished recognitions. Mom showed all of us, you do not need Facebook, you do not need Instagram, or a smartphone to have a lifelong network of friends and a sense of community. We're also thankful for you all and to two sons and brothers whose career and family paths carried us away from North Carolina. It was a gift of love to have a sister who showed all of us what you can learn from your mom about making your family's needs the biggest priority in your life. Thank you, Laura. Mm. In the end, from the outside, mom's illness made her world look smaller. But that would be an incomplete picture because her life was rich with friends, family, faith, and community. And true to form as the wonderful mother she was, she did not pass until all of her, all of her kids were home. You may or may not be aware that for years and years, every Sunday, Judy Mooney received communion two times. The first was when she arrived here for the 1015 service. Now, any of you familiar with All Souls knows we don't have a 1015 service. It's the 1015 choir rehearsal before the 1115 service. And Judy was never late. But can we be honest here a moment to say Judy Mooney was never late? Is that kind of redundant? And at 10.15, she would be parked in that third pew, and you could just see her drinking in the music of the choir as they rehearsed, the voices, the notes of the organ. And you realized that she was home. You realized that she had this sense of welcome, of being received, of the connection of mind, body, soul, 
DNA, spirit, notes, sacred, communion, holy. And then she would stay for the second time to receive communion at 11.15 when the communion of the music and the choir was connected with the communion of the elements of the bread and the wine and everybody got up to sing together and there was the communion of the community of faith. Again, allowing the words and the texts and the silences and the notes and the candles and the bread and the wine to tell her, you're home, you are welcome, you are received by God. You are connected and you are in communion. All the elements of food and soul, all the elements that proclaimed the deep welcome and hospitality of God. Now I mentioned the third pew. Again, Judy just didn't sit anywhere. Uh, Those of you that know the third pew right here, It's been the home of some amazingly strong All Souls women. Folks like Nancy Martin. Folks like Louise Hanks. Folks like Margaret McKeel. And that's a damn good company. (laughs) And while Judy might have fiercely protected that third pew, at the same time, the, the welcome and hospitality and the reception of God was something that she sought to live outside these doors as well. I mean, it's not a coincidence that she sat at the reception desk at the hospital, the reception desk here at the church for years, offering welcome, offering respite, saying, whatever's going on in your life, welcome is vital for your soul. If you are coming to this hospital to celebrate a birth, if you are coming to this hospital with a great unknown of how it's going to turn out, the one thing you need to know is that you are welcomed, that you are being received, and that we are present with you. And when you have come into this church, whether it's a day for singing and dancing or a day to mourn, you need to know that you're welcomed, that you have a place, and you need to experience, we need to experience the reception of God. She was one who took the time to try to manifest what she experienced in this place wherever she lived, and particularly at those desks. Whether you were coming to this hospital for the hundredth time or the very first time, whether you have been in this church a million times or this is the very first time, you are going to receive the welcome of us who have been waiting for you for years. That's what she sought to convey. Because Judy understood that, again, sitting in that third pew and receiving communion wasn't just about receiving. It was about getting the food to live, to herself be the incarnation of God in the world. We receive that we might live. In the gospel today, Jesus says that he never loses anything that has been given to him which, as we say again and again, means everything. Every human being that ever has and ever will live, none of it is lost. This is where we experience the receiving of God. We are not lost. Our lives are not lost. One another. 
And it's what we hear echoed in Isaiah, where Isaiah, through Isaiah, God is saying, proclaim to the brokenhearted, proclaim to the captives, proclaim to those who mourn, proclaim really to everyone my favor, my receiving of them. Let them never doubt that. Proclaim it. In a world which seems hell-bent on separating people these days, and it really is a hellish marination that we are participating in, we instead hear of a God who receives us all, a God who welcomes us all, a God who doesn't ask for resumes or life experience or who your mama is or your daddy or what pew you sit in even, but of a God who loses no one. And that's where we find our freedom. That's where we find our welcome, truly. Because then we're never having to wonder who's in and who's out, and what day will that be me? Every day we're here. Every day we are in communion. I have lost nothing that has been given to me. That's a proclamation about God. And it's a proclamation about us.